0: hey parents we are glad to be with you once again for the Wonder parenting podcast episode number 74 and uh, we've got two listeners questions today which both deal with the exact same topic and that has to do with boys and schools and what are the best places for boys to go to school um, and before we answer that Michael let's let's just talk briefly uh, because we, we've had so many questions about boys and again, not surprising because they seem to be underserved right now. Um, But when we talk about needing to find a a school for boys, uh, why is that question being asked more than it's being asked for our daughters right now?
1: Well, it's as you say, um, uh, to some extent, not only have the boys been underserved, but but the teachers who are teaching them, the adults uh, as counselors, uh, the adult community that's serving children, we just haven't been given a lot on on male development and what we're given so for instance schools of education that train teachers they are not really allowing male female brain difference to be taught to the teachers so the 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 young teachers they're not learning in graduate school or in teacher certification um, how boys and girls learn differently and most of those teachers are female and um, and they're you know they're wonderful people and they come in just wanting to serve everyone but they don't learn this. So then they go into classrooms and they bring a female brain to a classroom. And most of the kids they lose in that classroom are male. Um, it's not a good, It's the, they're, they, without realizing it, have not set up an environment where as many males are going to succeed as females. They've set up a more of a female brain environment without realizing there's even a male brain, right? And because um, they were, it, no one taught them that. And so, the school systems start hemorrhaging boys uh, early in, in preschool. Uh, boys are four to five times more likely to be suspended, expelled, et cetera. The behavior patterns, normal behavior patterns of males are just not understood. The fact that males use words a year later and complex vocabulary a year later, you know, not understood. Um, the physicality of males, not understood. And that just goes all the way through. And so, that's why I think that that even though all of us adults involved with kids are are well meaning and great people, we haven't been educated, but we've been educated on girls. So we are setting up environments that are very girl friendly. We're not setting them up that are boy friendly, and that's why we're getting, you know, boys get almost seventy percent of the D's and F's in our schools. So, so obviously it's not set up as well for right. them.
0: Right. And so, hence the question that we had these two questions, and um, the first one. Uh, comes from a mom who hasn't even had her child yet, uh, maybe has had it by the time we get to the podcast here, and uh, she and her husband are trying to figure out what's going to be the best kind of school for her son. Um, just a little bit of backstory, her, her husband uh, wasn't schooled a lot. Uh, he grew up in Berkeley uh, and spent a lot of time in a highly feminist environment that apparently was a negative for him. And so he's afraid that if his son goes to school uh, that he'll be berated for being a boy and made to feel badly because he's a boy. Um, She, mom, uh, had a private school education, really loved school for the most part. And uh, so what she's looking for, uh, the essence of the question is this, what types of schools are best for boys if we have access to pretty much every type of education from public school to Waldorf to Montessori? Um, And she happens to be in an area, uh, Austin, where she says some of the schools start their waiting list before the baby's even born. (laughs) So, boy, that's different than the world I grew up in. Um, So she'd like to know, you know, what are the, I think two questions embedded in her question, and I I know you've got it there in front of you. Um, How important is education, number one, I think is what she's trying Mm -hmm. to ask. And then secondly, what's the best way to educate a boy's brain?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I understand the her husband who he said he was raised in this sounded like kind of a male hating environment, and he saw I, I think kind of going on the point that I was talking about before when we started. He probably saw that in the extreme. He saw schools that were were hemorrhaging males. It's what it seems like to me, and where males were being berated for being male and and in that kind of a thing, and so he's gun shy uh, of it. Um, I I think, however, that there's a different approach we can take. The approach we can take is that that preschool and school is really valuable for the development of children. Uh, It is valuable because, one, it it educates them, and two, it socializes them. So they are compelled by having all these people around them to build boundaries, to build resilience, uh, to be able to relate to more adults than, you know, say, mom and dad. Uh, There's just so many things that education brings at the social-emotional, and then in terms of intellectual and cognitive development. So, it is a good idea, even though he's right, there are some systems that are very male-hating. So, the approach is to assume it's good, and then to say, okay, here are the assets available to me. Like, if they have, uh, there isn't, I I would not argue there's one school that's better than every other. Uh, I mean, I have decades of research in this, and I've I'm asked this all the time and I refuse to say this one school is better because what it really has to do with is the people teaching. So my kids went to Montessori school through sixth grade. That was really neat for them. um, And those teachers were wonderful and they learned a lot. Uh, It wasn't perfect though. There are some things that it didn't teach as well as they would have been taught in another environment, uh, but it was really good. And it depended on these teachers. Then they went to middle school and high school, public school they got a good education there different than montessori i wouldn't say either's better or worse so so they all can be good depending on how well trained the teachers are in this and if if they put if this couple puts their son into a school um based on looking at all the schools and saying okay we, this is the one we picked and then they find that the teachers are uh, do not understand males um and are are losing boys then then they go in and they advocate which is what we have going around all over the country, our Gurian Institute team. We hear this all the time. And as you know, I call this a parent-led team, and it's usually a parents of boys who notice that in a particular classroom especially, um, uh, there are 25 kids in the classroom, and six or seven boys are underperforming, and it's the sons of these parents. So they form a team, and they go in to the the teacher and to the principal and say, hey, look." These assets are available. You can get training. You don't have to hemorrhage these boys. And and then the school gets training and they, they fix it. That, I think, is a better approach than than saying, no, we're, we don't think education is a good thing. Um, and I think it's also a better approach than someone like me saying, this one way of educating is the mm-hmm. absolutely only way. It's the best way. I don't think we want to go into education that way because everyone has assets. But we do want to go to schools where we have heard these are good teachers. And so we should do research. Like this couple, this child is unborn yet, but yeah, it's a child's two, three in that area. Uh, ought to talk to other parents about, okay, so this school has these teachers and kind of make it about that. Make it about what is the school culture and, and what is the quality level of the teachers rather than whether it is Montessori or Waldorf or public or private. Right.
0: So if you are if you are looking for a school, you've got a son, if you are looking for a school, what are four or five different things that you're gonna
1: look for when it comes to how they're teaching boys? Yeah, and that's the way to approach it because in Montessori, in Waldorf, in public, in private, you can see these things being done that I'm about to describe. And so you will go, oh, okay, this is the right place. Um, and, and the parents are being very glad that no expert said there's only one right place because now they're seeing, oh, in this environment, this is going on. So, some of the things you'll see going on are, <coughs> excuse me, one, the kids are moving around in class. So, because physical movement is especially impro- uh, important for improving boys' learning because of the way the male brain is set up with more dependence on the cerebellum, the doing center of the brain, um, more gray matter focus, less white matter focus. Uh, these are just a bunch of brain differences we've discussed before. And so for males, it's very important that they're moving around, that there are brain breaks, uh, that the school has recess, um, uh, and that, that, you know, just that there's physical movement. So there might be standing desks, there might be chairs that are movable, uh, they may have wobbly chairs, all of that kind of thing. That's That checks off one category for you, physical movement. this is allowing males to nurture each other in male-friendly ways um, which build resilience and which everyone will recognize if they walk down a hall and they see guys kind of kind of uh, grabbing each other or wrestling or or bopping each other and you know all this the physicality of, of male nurturing um, that that is allowed in the school and that's not dangerous or violent right We're talking about nurturing that 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 male way of being is allowed in the school and and the school understands the asset of it um that's going to be category two if there's no none of that if boys are constantly getting reprimanded uh because they tap someone else on the shoulder or something like that and then you probably want to flee that school because it means they've had really no training in this and and they're it's gonna gonna be harmful Um, the third thing is uh male friendly learning strategies like does the teacher uh or do the teachers just always do words. Do they always say, okay, write about such and such, and it's all words, and they're not encouraging kids to draw before they write uh, or encouraging kids to squeeze a squeeze ball, let's say, while they're writing. Um, In other words, to activate other parts of their brain to access words, Uh, because one of the most profound differences between male and female brain is that females access their words uh, in general more quickly, and so they perform better in literacy. But when literacy, which includes reading, writing, speaking, the whole thing, when it is taught to be male-friendly, then more visual prompts are used, more storyboards are used, um, more video, you know, uh, which is also visual, is used. And, and these are these are learning-friendly strategies the teacher learns how to use uh, that help girls if they want them, but they generally save boys. So boys can get, instead of getting Cs and Ds on papers that require writing, they can get As and Bs. That's a third area. If you walk into a school and you don't see that any of these strategies are being used and people can, you can get these strategies, folks, through like a, my book, Boys and Girls Learn Differently, or my online courses, you know, we have we've dozens of these, hundreds of these. If you don't see any of these being used, then that would be strike three. And I would say, okay, the kids are not moving around. Um, they're not allowed to be, to be boys. And in fact, the school doesn't understand the assets of boys. And then- um, we're not practicing boy-friendly strategies. That would that would probably be not a good environment for a boy.
0: Uh, and um, uh, so, so when you talk about these different schools, how mm-hmm. would you how would you actually find that out from from the schools? Would you look around and look for artwork? Do you talk to teachers? Do you talk to other parents? How do you find these things out?
1: Well, what, what parents will uh, often do, especially the one parent who maybe has time, is to go visit and to to walk around the school and visit the school. Um, before putting your child in. Now, some kids, you have to put the child in the school in your neighborhood. And okay, and that's that. But I sensed from this family that they had they were looking at options. And so so this is how they look at options. They got to go go to the school, physically be present at the school, look at the school, um, look at some classrooms, get permission, of course, get a visitor's badge, walk around. And, and a lot of schools allow that, um, uh, especially the private schools do and some public and so they can they can have a checklist in their mind of these things and see if those are being used. So they're going to experientially do it by seeing it. And then the other thing they're going to do is word of mouth. They're going to talk to others. So this this family has a young one, but they're going to know people who have seven year old boys and nine year old boys and twelve year old boys, right? Who have already gone through the journey of figuring out what's the right school for their boys. And so that word of mouth is going to mean a lot. And that that word of mouth shouldn't just be uh, well, I have a 15-year-old boy, he went to that school, it was great. Because that's 15 years difference, right? It's, we need to still make sure that school is practicing the strategies that made her, that parent feel great about putting their son in that school. Um, so then you've got the word of mouth together with the observation. So the second
0: question that came in to us, and we'll bring this one in now, uh, was um, homeschool versus public or private school.
1: Yeah, and that's another reason that I don't. I'm just you know I don't feel science can back up that one is better than the other. Both can be good. Uh, so homeschool. Um, I I knew I have to confess until about seven eight years ago I knew nothing about homeschooling. The way I got introduced to homeschooling, I mean I had heard of it, but I, I couldn't say I had any science around it. But the way I got introduced was that people started writing me homeschooling parents, most of whom were moms, some dads, but mainly moms who were homeschool teachers. They wrote me uh, emails and said, "I'm using your your books, Boys and Girls Learn Differently, strategies for teaching boys and girls. I'm using your books as a homeschool teacher, and and all of my books are based on pilot studies and on on uh, action research and neuroscience research in schools themselves, right? Public schools." Um, uh, independent schools, Montessori schools, et cetera. I had not studied homeschool, so I didn't know these could be used that way. And so really these people, citizen scientists, they educated me and I started uh, kind of talking to them and saying, oh, well, how, do, how did you do that? Because my work is so school-based. And they said, well, remember, we're basically creating a school. And we have found um, the one of the most important tools is um, the strategies for teaching boys and girls, because we've had to learn that. Um, And that goes to the point about boys and the question that was sent to us, this person has four sons and she's wondering, is homeschooling better for boys? And most, I would say the majority of the people I've talked to in the homeschool world, um, they, they decided to homeschool in part because they had sons, because they saw what was going on with boys in schools, the very stuff we've been talking about, and they saw the schools hemorrhaging these boys. And, and now, some did it for religious reasons and political reasons, um, but but I I'm not talking about that now. I'm talking about the ones who who just didn't want their sons to hate education and to you know and to get kicked out or to get bad grades and to be hemorrhaged. Uh, so they decide to homeschool, and um, and then for a number of years. And I hope actually these folks will invite me back. But for three years straight, I did a whole bunch of homeschool. Um, conferences called great homeschool conventions. And there were four at that time per year. And I spoke at those and had, and had a booth and met people. And I talked to probably over those three years, thousands of homeschool parents and learned so much from them. And, you know, there is a lot of innovating going on there because they customize the classroom and customizing a classroom is pretty, is a pretty amazing thing, which a public school can't do as much because they have 30 students, but homeschool, you know, Parents kind of co-op when they teach, and so they maybe have five students, or seven students, or nine or ten, and they can customize. So homeschooling is something to consider, especially if you are in an area where you've you've looked at the schools and what you see is that boys are being hemorrhaged out, um, and that you that that one of your three boys is probably going to do badly in that school. And if so, then then yeah, that's a motivation to homeschool. Luckily, the data is good for homeschool. Um, SATs, homeschooled kids, get basically the same SAT scores as public school kids, uh, similar with uh, test scores in states. So um, we can't show any quantitative negative to homeschooling in terms of, of uh, test scores. So that's good for homeschool, too. There are disadvantages homeschooling as well. So once again, I'm not saying it's the only way.
0: What about an all-boys school,
1: yeah that's another kind of school i'm a, I'm a big fan of, of boys schools and girls schools um uh so they like for girls schools we know that that when girls are in girls only environments you know more leadership comes out for them more more shy girls who are kind of lost in the mass um of a co-ed let's pick seventh grade classroom um they they shine more in a girl's school uh they, they can be nasty with each other and so on in a girl's school, but they also form bonds, you know, bonds for life, That um, uh, kind of a sisterhood that's helping each other. So there's a lot of assets there. Similarly for boys, they can form a boy-friendly environment. So the teaching is boy-friendly. Um, uh, and the teachers generally in a boy's school are getting some training in how to teach boys or it wouldn't succeed. So they've got that. And then they, you know, they emphasize character development. They have... Males nurturing other males, which is a really, really great thing. Um, uh, so, a number of our Gurian model schools—I mean, certainly a number of them are public co-ed, and a number of them are uh, boy schools. Uh, so, we, you know, we do believe in that framework. There are some boys and some girls who who really need to be in same-sex schools. They just do better there, and for a number of reasons, I can go into if you want. And and cities like mine don't have it we don't have any Hmm. I live in Spokane Washington we don't have any boys or girls schools here if they had existed I would have I would have you know looked looked them over for my daughters
0: Uh, yeah so so deep dive a little bit into that because you 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 uh, it's such an intriguing concept and it's a really controversial one there's a lot of pushback uh, in certain circles uh, to uh, same-sex schools so you're an advocate what are some of the, the things that you really like about it okay round two name something that's not boring
1: a laundry <sighs> oh a book club computer
0: solitaire huh ah <sighs> oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino. <laughs> that's chumbacasino.com
1: no purchase necessary bdw we were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus yeah well i like i like the fact that um uh, when we you when you're in a same sex environment uh you are getting a a kind of nurturing uh, and was, i'll pick boys now for a moment boys are getting a kind of nurturing that they may not be getting elsewhere so boys who are raised without fathers um Right, we have around a third of American males are being raised without um, a biological dad and or without significant father influence. Well, those guys are are vulnerable. Statistically, they're vulnerable to acting out at extremes, to getting involved in gangs, substance abuse, et cetera, but also to getting lower grades, um, uh, to being bullied, to being abused. I mean, there's just so many ways in which males raised without fathers are very vulnerable. And when they go into a boy-only environment, they're getting that male nurturance. It's not exactly dad, but they're getting that male nurturance, that some of that paternal nurturance that they don't get when they don't have a dad. So there's a whole group of students um, that that their lives could be saved, really, by being in a boys' school. Um, now, a boys' school isn't just for that group, but that's a lot. That's millions and millions of boys who, who might be helped uh, by having boys' schools. Uh, then for a boy who it does have who's raised by both parents, take that out of it now, just a normal developing boy. there are some some boys who, if they're in a co-ed environment, they just they are not keeping up with the girls like we use seventh grade, so I'll use seventh grade again. Their verbals are not as good. They are, their social emotionals are not as good. They're just not able to to really relate well, to develop well, uh, to get good grades in that environment. There are temptations for them or they withdraw from it, um, but they go into a boys' school and they're nurturing each other and holding each other to certain standards. Um, and and now in this environment, the seventh grader flourishes. And to give you some interesting data, the assumption of the detractors, you know, there are people who politically attack boys' schools kind of from a 50-year-old paradigm. They're, Part of their paradigm is there's no male-female anyway, so why would you s- separate males and females? There's no such thing. Um, and then the other part of their paradigm is um, if you separate males, they just get together to oppress females, and they become more macho and masculine and oppress females. Well, those things, you know, are not true, but that's their paradigm. And the interesting thing is that that um, research actually shows boys who go to boys' schools tend to feel more comfortable developing their artistic side, going into theater Going into music, uh, so these very these very activities that um, we certainly would not put in the highly masculine column, they they actually feel more comfortable doing that in a boys only environment, and a lot of that is because they're in a different hormonology. They don't have the hormones flowing to try to show off for girls. They get to express themselves in this way without being watched by girls or feeling they're watched by girls, and and so i think it's ironic that that the detractors uh against boys schools part of why they don't like it is stuff that's just not true you know but it doesn't mean they don't say it but it's it's not true
0: so so we've been talking about uh kind of the best fit for boys and uh, michael's been very very good about giving us insights rather than uh this school is better than others And um, you can learn more about these kinds of things in Michael's books, Saving Our Sons and the Minds of Daughters. You can also go to our website where you will find all the information about those books and other resources, a place where you can write questions. You'll also find a link to our good friends, uh, the center, a place of hope up in the Seattle area who sponsor our podcast so that you can listen for free and we can bring this to you. And uh, it's a great gift that they give and we sure appreciate them. And we hope that you'll look them up and take advantage of all the great resources that they have. Also, want to encourage you to go to our Facebook page uh, and uh, Wonder of Parenting. Join the group there and and uh, get involved in some of the conversations parents are having with each other. Uh, so, Michael, uh, we're back now to this uh, the original question. She's um, she's asking, uh, what's the best school for a boy? And can you kind of summarize in two or three bullet points the advice that you would give to her?
1: Yeah, I would I would say. Um, to be really cognizant of, of the, what goes on in schools, that they're very good people doing very good things, but that the system is untrained in male development. And so, I would, so it really would come down to this one thing. As you're entering those systems, preschool systems, and then it's going to be elementary, um, really do your research. So, figure out what is boy-friendly you know, in a school setting. And as you've said, we have all these resources that do that. And in fact, we have online courses uh, uh, that parents can take. And I have huge sections in these online courses. You can go to greeninstitute.com and you'll see them like the first thing that show up. And you take these online courses and there are huge sections that kind of lay this out. What's the best school and how, you know, what should you look for? And um, so that arms you, you can make lists and arm yourself. And then you go in and you go in and look. You are a citizen scientist. Your job is to take care of your children. And so you are empowered to go in as a sort of citizen scientist and discern what school is boy-friendly and what school is not. And then you pick the school that is boy-friendly. And will it be perfect? No, but if it's boy-friendly, you know, and if you're not a helicopter parent who constantly invades the learning process, I beg you not to be that, uh, then that boy-friendly school should be good. For your for your son
0: and on top of her son being a son a boy he's also got a unique personality and uh that plays a role in it as well doesn't it
1: yeah that's the whole other thing we we see it through the lens of gender of course but he'll have his own personality genetics uh more extroverted more introverted yep. more judging more perceiving all of that and and sh- so yes you're also going to be looking at whether these teachers can do well with that personality yes
0: so again, we encourage you to go to wonderofparenting.com and there are links to all of these things that Michael's been talking about. We really appreciate these, uh, these two questions about schools for boys and, and uh, we appreciate all the questions that you want to send to us. And we'll be back with another one next week. Until then, Michael, thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great week. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.